Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 257. Uh, this week, it's been 10 weeks since we've talked to her, but we're checking in. She's at home. We're going to do it via the internet. Heather is back. We're going to chat her up, see how she's surviving in quarantine, what she's been keeping up to, and we're going to sadly talk about how much we miss all being in the room together. Uh, also this week, Kevin and I are going to talk about massive breaches of, of quarantine for Memorial Day celebrations. We're going to talk about uh, celebrities people are big mad about. Uh, we're going to do some history lessons. We're going to talk uh, about online drinking games, all sorts of stuff, folks. I have my notes, and that's the thing I picked. All right, folks, uh, we're always happy to have you here. I hope you're staying safe out there this Memorial Day weekend. Uticast episode 257, coming at you right now. Episode 257. Mm. Kevin is here live in studio. Here I am. Uh, we'll be joining Heather via video chat in, I don't know, sooner than later, at some point in time here on the pod. Mm -hmm. Real excited to chat her up. I haven't really spoken to her besides text message every True. Monday when she texts me to say how much she misses us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Doesn't seem like Monday without Heather over here. Never seems like Monday anymore now, anyway. Now it just True. seems like no all day the seems like anything. No day seems like Every day is exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, and that's why I should make a point to say Happy Memorial Day to all those folks out there celebrating Memorial Day. Mm. Uh, because in this time, I feel like it's really easy. I, I forgot when I woke up like yesterday that it was Memorial Day that we were, people were celebrating. I, mm. I've been so caught up in just everything that's been happening <clears throat> that it kind of snuck up on me yesterday when I was driving around. I was like, man, I've seen a lot of people. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, out, uh, <laughs> out in the street. I'm like, I, saw, dude, I saw some wild stuff driving around yesterday. Oh, yeah? Oh, I saw all sorts of people out and about. Uh, well, I was going to ask you about that a little bit. Have you? Because uh, it feels like this is like the first sort of like holiday we've had to deal with since everything's started. It's been two months really here now. Easter. Yeah, that's still kind of fresh. Easter and St. Patrick's Day, but yeah. Now we're farther away Memorial from Day's it, a though. Thing. Sure. Um, I have seen a lot of people starting to be a little more lax, just in general. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. Like... People have decided because they're bored, uh, science no longer exists and the virus is gone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I've noticed some of that. Um, Tons of it. Tons of it. Yeah, and uh, it's weird to have seen a lot of pictures of people on the beach. Yep. Which, look, I have to, you know, I'm sure I've probably uh, leaned back a little bit on how how much I've been following protocol, certainly. I'm not, I've been, not been as diligent as I'd like to be. Sure. Uh, but then I see some pictures of people out here, like, on the beach, and I'm people like, how, are wild. how could you? <laughs> well, that's what I saw. I was driving. I saw a party <coughs> at a house where they were out in the front lawn. It was like a college party, like oh, yeah. college or maybe younger party. There were 60 kids easily on the front porch, front lawn. They were playing beer pong on the front lawn, people dancing. <laughs> yeah. They had motorcycles parked in the lawn. Like, everybody's in bathing suits. They were, it was nuts. I'm just like, man, ugh. I, yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit. They're showing me. They're showing pictures. I forget where it was from, but it was like a full beach, like yeah, full yeah, people yeah. in the water, which seems like the worst possible place 
to go if you didn't want to get like a pay, like something in a pandemic, like a, maybe a movie theater. Well, and there's also, I mean, there's <laughs> to be there's something to be said for like there's a certain percentage of the population who are doing it to prove some sort of point they think they're making as well. That's correct. Like I'm gonna go yeah. extra hard to be out there, and it's so good to be back out here. No, you don't have to elbow me, shake my hand, brother. And it's like, nah, man, I'm relax. I don't know what you're fighting with in your head but go to a therapist make yeah. a video call with the therapist yeah no i think you're right I, you know it, 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 much like everything in the world we live in now things that are not political have become politicized and it's this sort yeah, of somehow some, i mean you know, not, I we know how but you know what i mean sure. like this is you know this shouldn't be a thing that's like no but so uh, yeah some people are choosing to wield it as a political cudgel for sure well even the politicians are sort of wielding it as like a cudgel you know like i saw stories this week of like trump wearing a mask in private but then he had to go out in public at some meetings like no i can't wear the mask because it's gonna wipe his makeup off he's gonna wipe his makeup off it's gonna wipe that bronzer off his face uh and then biden of course gives his first two this week with the mask on so now it's like now it's become sort of like he's gonna wear the mask he's not now it becomes like a he said she said thing one side one but and and it's it's disingenuous, right? I feel like, like he said, she said, almost sells it short too, because like one side is like, oh, well, the scientist said, and the other guy's like, oh, well, Sean Hannity said, right? Those two right, things yeah, yeah. are not the same. It's disingenuous for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, this is like that idea of like just you know filling the pot with shit, right? Like just throw as much information, yeah, you know, muddy True. everything up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're out there. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen a lot of it, and you know, I know that people want to go out and yeah. and do their thing. I get it. It's been beautiful out the last few days. Sure. Uh, just, you know, just you got to be careful. Uh, I actually read a really good um, really good piece on uh, Vox about this for this week. So it's just a picture graph. I won't go through a picture graph with you on the podcast. We go to Vox. The, uh, the site is how to weigh in the risk of going out on the coronavirus, uh, coronavirus pandemic in one chart. It's just really a breakdown of, like, what you should be doing depending on where you're going, whether you're in outdoor activities, outdoor gatherings, indoor gatherings, whatever it is, what you should do. Uh, for protocol, and it's pretty helpful and pretty straightforward. So if you're looking for something, if you're curious about how secure you should be when you're doing anything. A lot of know. it's just common sense. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. But, you know, some people want, you know, something to, to look to, some sort of reference. So if for you're sure. looking for it, there it is. It's right there for you. Uh, I also saw an interesting uh, poll that was on that was on Vox today as well that says... Despite a lot of the uh, government lockdowns getting lifted up and people just starting to open back up, m- about 50% of Americans still are not feeling comfortable and so they would not attend movies or sporting events if given the option as of right now. For sure. So it still feels like even though things are opening up and, you know, I know this is all big, we got to reopen the economy. I don't necessarily think that a lot of this stuff's going to go right back. At all. Yeah. At all. No. Yeah. There's no, I'd, I'd say it ad nauseum. Mm. There's no going back. Yeah. There is no going back. That doesn't exist. Like, mm. grow up. You can never go back once something happens. You can only live in the post that yeah. traumatic event. This is a traumatic event that we've experienced as, you know, a nation and as a people and as individuals and everything. There's no going back to pre-trauma. There's only learning how to live in the wake of trauma. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, and I think it's, you know, it, it's just a... a it's just a strange dichotomy. Like we hear all this talk about having reopened, yet most people are still really like uncomfortable about it. You know, I I can't even tell a story that I would like to tell because I'll get yelled at for it because it's a personal story. Because <laughs> it's about someone who told me I can't talk about them on the pod anymore. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about your mother on the podcast anymore. <laughs> I can't tell your the beloved story. mother Angela, who uh, we're not supposed to reference on the podcast. No, we're not allowed to reference. Great her lady. Anymore. We're not uh, talking about her on the podcast though. I will great say cook, though, too. great cook. I will say though, in our conversations that we've had. You know, she wants to be optimistic, I think, like a lot of people do. Sure. But I still, I can still sense that she's 
nervous in the way that a lot of people are nervous. There's right? no reason not yeah. to be. Yeah. And, no and I, reason yeah. not to be. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple other, like, less serious sort of coronavirus stuff going on I want to mm. talk to you about. Uh, one is an interesting story that because of this pandemic, uh, and although they're saying it's likely not to last, uh, carbon emissions in the United States were down to 2006 levels, mm. down like 17% from where they are because no one was driving or going mm. anywhere. Uh, I guess small silver linings, I suppose. <laughs> uh, that's a, you know, I guess it's trying to really think about it, but it's one of those weird things. Like, really, no one was driving. I don't... Oh, yeah. I've had $20 in my car for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. Yeah, 100%. Really. 100%. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. I, feel, I literally can't remember the last time I filled up the tank of my Jeep, and my Jeep gets bad gas mileage. <laughs> like, my Jeep gets really just, like, not very good, maybe 15 miles oh, in the gallon, man. and I still, I think I filled the tank, like, 10 days ago. Yeah, uh, I, I've noticed... I've noticed, too, it's still sort of weird. Like, I'll go out in the morning sometimes, there's nobody out, but I went about 3 o'clock yesterday, and the entire world was out. It's yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> driving wildly. Uh, I think people forgot. That's a, that's a Saturday thing. That's how Saturday works. Well, I feel like there was a period of time when cops were not pulling people over during They the... were not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a while. They people... were not. They're probably still a little apprehensive. <laughs> that's what I mean, right? Like, yeah. I, I think people are still a little, uh, feeling a little wild out there in the world. Yeah, plus everybody's got, yeah, everybody's got a wild hair on their ass about getting out there. They're all feeling cooped up, acting nuts in the car. It's sunny. People are listening to their upbeat music, driving around, speeding, rolling the dice on yellow to reds. Pandemonium in the streets. It's wild. No, it's really, it's a sad world out there. (laughs) I will say, though, it's, it is nice at least to get in the car, open the window, and drive around a little bit. That's been about as relaxed as I've felt in public in any real way. I think that you are nuts for not having been doing that. Gotta get out there and just cruise it a little I like bit. I to drive by myself. What am I doing out there? Man? That's true. I'll go for a ride. We'll go grab yeah, Parkinson. Go Parkinson will take a ride. You don't want to go for a No, ride. it's not bad to just go. That is one thing. I do like to drive by myself. Yeah. I don't really have a yeah. partner to drive with and everything. But yeah, that's... Like you said, getting the fresh air rolling, being out there, seeing different things, just being yeah. places has been a huge help for me when I felt cooped up. That's why I've been such an evangelist about it because I've had it have a discernible effect on my mood when I'm feeling like cooped up. I'm like, oh, this is good. Get out on a country road, you know, put on a song you like. Well, this sounds stupid. Even just simply uh, opening up all the windows in the house and opening the screens has been a nice change. Mm-hmm. Having some natural breeze coming through. Well, this and- is not snowing. <laughs> Which is tight. Another story that I have to share with you because it feels like it was meant for us to talk about it. Mm. Uh, okay. okay. Costume retailers and Etsy stores are doing what they can to keep Bane masks in demand and other Batman-related items. People are buying Bane masks <laughs> in reaction to the COVID-19. It's a huge spike for Bane masks Across the country. Mm. <laughs> Bane, of course, for those of you who don't know, is the villain from The Dark Knight Rises, played by Tom Hardy, who we very much love on this on this podcast, this movie. What are your thoughts about people buying Bane masks in the pandemic? You ever just, you ever just hear an idea that the second you hear it, it feels like you've known it your entire life, and you can't imagine how you haven't thought of it yet? Yeah, 100%. If you could get a Bane mask, if I could be out there... Listen, don't get me wrong. I am so thankful. Um, I am so thankful to Mel for making that mask. And I wear it every time when I go out there anywhere. And it's green and we're chilling. But if I could be out there in a full teched out Bane mask that worked, yeah. It's Especially what, when it was still cold so you could get the jacket. 
be out there in a duster in the bane mask, then I would shave my head. <laughs> I would have to. Just do it yourself. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to do? Yeah, I'll just um, shave the head and I'll be out there. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm Hannaford's Reckoning. I don't think I... <laughs> I don't think I have to tell people that most of these costume masks do not work to protect you from COVID, mind you. This is just... No. But to uh, be fair, neither do the ones somebody sewed for you, neither do the blue ones you got out of a first aid kit. They're all the same well, there, so... Who was getting a lot of crap on the internet I saw this week? That was like a whole section I was going to do. People getting crap on the internet. Uh, Alyssa, oh, Alyssa Milano was getting crap on the internet this oh, week. Oh, Jesus. Because she made a, a mask, but she crocheted it. And people were like, one, a crocheted mask doesn't stop anything from getting through it. And two, it holds in... It's not like celebrities need to chill <laughs> during this time because there's no possible way to come off looking good when you're putting out these videos. Be like, yeah, you know, we're all just struggling out here on my $20 million property in my home with my staff, my cashmere crocheted mask. This virus <laughs> is taking us all down. Like, there's no way you come off looking like relatable or cool or casual. Just stop, man. Don't pretend that being locked in your mansion in Malibu is the same thing as people out here. It's definitely out not. here. And that's and it's true, like There's I no way to not come off like an asshole, I feel like, during this time. Unless you're You gotta catch it. Be Tom Hanks and catch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's Front how line. you come off. First guy through the walls always bleeds a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? Tom Hanks and Idris Elba. That's the move. <laughs> I mean, it's unless you're donating money, right? If you're a celebrity and you donate some money to a cause, I'm not mad at you for that. But, like, I don't need you to make No, no, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at you for donating yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but nobody needs you to be sitting in your house being like, we should just have some solidarity and solidarity and stick together and we're all going to sing a song and we're regular just like you. Shut up. I saw... Uh, Shut up. <laughs> I've seen this on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Shea Serrano. He's a, he's a writer for The mm-hmm. Ringer, for folks who don't know. He, like, pays people. Great friend of the pod. Great friend of the pod. Great guy. Uh, he... He pays people's like bills, like small bills for them mm. on uh, on PayPal. I almost stuff, right? I almost came back to Twitter to retweet that. Yeah, recently it's, and be like, "Yo, I like this guy's writer. He's this guy's a good writer. You should buy his books." Yeah, uh, I was gonna say that it's specifically good, by the way because I think that's super cool that he's a dude who you know definitely makes money. I I don't yeah. know what his financials are like, but he's not like booming wealthy. No, you know what for I mean? sure. He's not like he's no Jay Z money. You know, mm. and so to go out there and be a man of the people like that and be like, "I've got a little extra, so I can give a little extra," is quite a way to be. There needs to be more like Bruce Wayne billionaires, like these benevolent billionaires who are just, you know... Does it just go to show that, like, it's not possible to be a good person and also a billionaire? Well, yeah, I think we talked about Does it really just go to... Wouldn't there be one of them who would just, you know, wouldn't there be one? Is Bill Gates, is he the guy? He does a lot of stuff. He does a bunch of stuff. Right? Like, I guess Bill Gates does a lot of stuff, Uh right? He does, like, the education stuff, which is really cool. But like, no, they hate him though too because he's also putting uh, 5G microchips in the right. forced corona vaccine. I mean, because he wants to track your movements. Because your phones don't track your movements. It's true. Right. Uh, I, I do Better think. Internet, so do your research. <laughs> well, I think people wanted that billionaire to be Elon Musk. I think there was a time. But he's a really bad guy. A really bad he's weird a, No, he's a really, really bad guy who's <laughs> yeah. really, really savvy at PR, but like yeah. he's a really bad guy. But I think there was a time a few years back when he was like the next guy, like this guy, this is the billionaire mm-hmm. we like. He's our new favorite billionaire, mm-hmm. right? And now he's sort of shown his ass a bunch of times and Well, I think people and you know, so people have started to dig into, you know, his backstory a little bit more and like dig into watching what he actually does and pay attention more besides just his Twitter feed and him like smoking weed on Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and then you have like the Bezos of the world who's like too rich, right? <laughs> Like, too rich to be a real human being. I, yeah. I guess that comes back down to it. Like, I, you can't relate 
to a, a a normal average human being when you have so much like infinite money. You just can't. I, I can't imagine like what it's like to to not understand the struggle at all, right? And maybe Jeff Bezos struggled earlier. You, in his can, life. you I don't know. can understand in the abstract. I mean, no, probably not. No, he didn't struggle. I have no. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know his backstory, so I don't. They, rich people. These are all rich, rich yeah. people. You know what I mean? These are yeah. rich people that got money. Elon Musk's family it comes comes from a family. His parents own emerald mines in South Africa. Emeralds. Is that, so emerald mines a lot of money in, in emeralds South Africa during apartheid. Times? Oh, during apartheid. Certainly, well. certainly. That's where like Elon Musk comes from. Elon Musk isn't some wild dude at like some ragged apartment above Stanford being like, oh, I got this idea. Yeah. I mean, that man's parents own emerald mines in South Africa during apartheid. And I think too... We're... Same thing with like Bezos. He got a loan to start his, to start Amazon. And I think what we're getting at too, I think we've sort of beat around it here. We're not talking about rich people. Like mm-hmm. athletes are rich. Movie stars are rich. Mm-hmm. Some of these dudes are wildly rich. Like rich beyond, beyond, beyond. Those, yeah, yeah. None of those dudes ever mm-hmm. seem to be... Super benevolent men of the people types. Mm. They're not going to, you know, take their money and give it back to the people. <laughs> Unless they get Bane masks. Any people. That's why you got to <laughs> have the Bane mask. You got to have... You know, I, have we watched too much Dark Knight Rises during quarantine? And are we now dangerously close to starting the League of Shadows right here on the podcast? Is that what's happening? The League of Shadows. <laughs> uh, if you could tell me, though, if there was a Bane mask you could buy that did actually work, then it's a problem solved. Because here's the thing. If you could mass produce the Bane mask mm. for everyone to wear, because even the dudes who were like, "I'm not wearing a mask," they'd be like, "Hell yeah, Bane mask! I'll wear that." Well, that's how you gotta. That's how you gotta trick these <laughs> yeah. mouth breathers, and that's how you gotta trick these idiots. Like, I'm not wearing no gay mask. I read the Constitution. And it's like, okay, well here, this is what we're gonna do. It's a Bane mask. <laughs> like, yep, sold. Oh, isn't Bane foreign? It's like Jesus, man. Um, well, I guess he is. He's from. Yeah, it's true. He's from the Lazarus Pit. Big time, um, and the actor's foreign too, but. <laughs> You, you know, oh, you said man. if they could make one that actually works, whatever Bane mask works just as well as whatever 95% of the people are wearing out. No, it's true. You're Nobody's right. wearing those N95 masks. Nobody's got them. Is the pro- does it make me, it make me paranoid that I don't like the implication of who's buying these Bane masks? I feel like the people who are buying these Bane masks are not chill bros like you and me. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I started getting served uh, all these crazy advertisements, and it was funny, too, because about a month or so before everything was really kicking off, and mm. I was still getting them, and I got less because I kept just, like, reporting, but I was getting tons of advertisements for, like, the face masks where you keep them around your neck and you could just pull them up as a face mm. mask, but they were all, like, the blue stripe fascist thing yep. and, like, yep. confederate yep. and, like, the, mm-hmm. the whole, like, all the wild different, like, that kind of, like, skull and, yeah. like, murder and, like, these colors don't run with like guns and like try to take yeah. them and i'm like number one why are they so aggressive with the marketing of these face masks because gentlemen like what are we because these folks don't seem to be this? buying face masks who's buying well not even that but i'm like what are, what are the people who are buying these doing who are they selling these right, to who let me these? let me take this back to the other side what would you want on the face mask that you got because if you're getting me a face mask i don't want some face mask that's got like the liverpool logo on it like i love liverpool but i don't need that I would just like a face mask that is like one color and looks okay, right? Yeah. Like that's probably about it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I don't I'm need. Not <laughs> I don't need. I don't need some '80s pattern. Although I wouldn't turn down like some Saved by the Bell pattern one. I guess. Honestly, right? man, I would just take one that fits well. Fits well, yeah. Like I've got tough my head, beard too. Tough with my head, yeah, dude. Uh-huh. My head is huge. Like I can get it, it covers my mouth. But, like I can't get one that like, comfortably sits over my whole jaw. Right, like, yeah. Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. That's what I want. I <laughs> want one that looks like Scorpion from Mortal true. Kombat. Uh, I have one last, uh, somewhat uh, COVID-related story, but this is more like an idea for a horror movie that I wanted to share with you. 
Uh, so a Bolivian orchestra group has been stranded in a German castle for 73 days since the pandemic closed the borders. Uh, the musicians, many of whom are as young as 17, arrived in Germany for a spring concert uh, as the crisis was beginning. However, the concert was soon called off as Germans imposed social gathering ban. Since then, they've been staying at Reisenberg Palace, a 600-year-old castle located an hour and a half north of Berlin. Oh, yeah, it's haunted. Where are these kids from? <laughs> they are from Bolivia. Bolivian kids in Germany playing in a concert. Stuck in a haunted castle. Stuck in a An haunted castle. An orchestra of Bolivian teen musicians <laughs> are stuck in a haunted castle in the Black Forest region of Germany. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the ancient estate was home to German royalty dating back to 1500s, including Frederick the Great. Uh, it, we all joke that Frederick's ghost is following us and trying to trip us up. That doesn't sound like a joke. I'm going to tell you right now, it sounds terrifying. Oh, by the way, in case you're not concerned by... Uh, you know, horrors of the supernatural kind, and this doesn't concern you. The castle grounds and surrounding woodland have also been known to be home to more than a dozen packs of wolves. Mm. Well, that's right. It's mm. surrounded by wolves mm. and full of ghosts. A dozen dozens of wolves <laughs> in warring packs. Rheinsberg does not seem like a chill place to be. Wolf wars <laughs> in the woods of Germany. So yeah, These Bolivian kids turning their violas into like sharp sticks. Uh, mind you, this story is on Variety.com, so maybe it is just a, a treatment for a movie that they're pretending is a news story. But I can't believe this isn't already a movie. Please, somebody make this movie for me. Nobody would buy it because it sounds too no, unbelievable. Nobody would. This buy is it. The, just like everything that happens in our reality nowadays. If you were to try to pitch it as a TV show or a movie, execs would get out of here. That's not believable. Nobody would believe that's real. Uh, I have a section for you that I've concocted this week. Uh, it's called Big Mad. And it oh is, yeah, <laughs> and, into it. And this section is featuring two people who the internet uh, and the world at large seem collectively big mad at uh, for different reasons. However, the first one is actress uh, and now criminal Lori Laughlin. Uh, mm, Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky. Uh, she pled guilty to the in the college admission scandal, finally. She faces two months in prison and two years probation. All mm. fine and well. People were big mad, though, that Lori didn't get more punishment. I think people were expecting mm. the book to yeah. be thrown, and it didn't really get thrown. And people seem very upset. Well, she pled out. She pled out. I mean, she yeah. made a plea deal, so you can't throw you can't throw the book at somebody and simultaneously make a plea deal with them. <laughs> no, I know. I you think... know that's yeah, it's the Bane mask. <laughs> that's what it is. People people are thirsty to see somebody. They're thirsty for justice. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. became a figurehead. Like my how the tables have turned. Aunt Becky, the sweetheart of Full mm -hmm. House, like the original, yeah. and now just like a bloodthirsty symbol for the packs of wolves that are surrounding the castle. <laughs> the German this castle. This all ties in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aunt, Aunt Becky mean, is kind of like the Bolivians in the castle. I, and I said, and someone said to me, though, doesn't, seem that, that, doesn't that seem like a short amount of time? I'm like, well, think about it. Like, uh, Felicity Huffman got like 14 days yeah. and served like 10 and got yeah. a year of probation. Crime was also lower, though. Crime they were in the dead. same story, but they did different things. But, like, essentially, the same kind of thing. Like, Becky did more, pleaded guilty, got yeah. essentially double the penalty that Felicity Huffman got. A lot more than double. Maybe she got two months, but... Well, yeah, two months yeah, as opposed yeah. to two weeks, yeah. right? And then mm -hmm. uh, a year's probation, two years probation yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah. to one year's probation. Not like a sure. massive leap. That's what you You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I was surprised by how many people wanted blood, though. I guess I'm not surprised, but... Yeah. I thought we were moved on past this where people were just like, oh yeah, there it is. Remember that I mean, thing? Man, it's still Gladiator out here. They're still, <laughs> we're still just watching 
Uh, no, you're right. And the other big mad one, this one was surprising to me. This week, people are big mad at John Krasinski. Uh, he's facing backlash after selling his show, uh, Some Good News, during a large-scale... Uh, it was a big marketing campaign. People wanted to buy it. It was a bidding, bidding war. That's the term I'm looking for. Uh, essentially, for folks who don't know, John Krasinski launched a show on YouTube for free called uh, right. Some Good News. Mm. And the whole point of the show was to help people cope with this barrage of bad news, of uplifting pieces. Earlier this week, uh, he sold the show to Viacom after a massive bidding war, and people on the internet are very mad. Mm. Very mad. Mm. Uh, because they felt like this feel-good YouTube show that was supposed to be great and all, blah, blah, blah. Now he's just selling it for money. Totally cool. 100% honorable, bro. A lot of that. People. Very mad at John Krasinski. Um, I guess if you do a show called, like, Some Good News and you're basing it around, like, some wholesome concept, like, doing a thing for people, you're almost asking for people to look for something to take down on it. People like to take down something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not the same. It's all, it's all, these are all the same people. It's the same, <laughs> it's the same, I mean, these are... Do you, do you see, like, sort of the point, though, that people would be mad about it, though? Like, a little bit? Um, I'm not surprised that people are mad. Yeah. And I understand what they're saying when they voice that anger. I get what they're yeah. saying. I don't really agree. Mm-hmm. I understand the notion like he started this thing and it was like some good news and it's supposed to be just what this is and it's sold now to some company and like you made all this money and I understand that but like you know, regardless, I was, you know, you try to assume that people, unless they've shown you otherwise, have, like, pretty good intentions of what they're doing. If he started this thing as an idea and it's getting big, I mean, he can't sit here and produce this show on his own all the time. And he's probably not going to give the time to it. So, in right. order for an idea like this to grow and go on, you're going to need some backing at some point. Like, yeah, for sure, he's got money, but should he have to self-finance it? Like, this is the business people are in. Every show that anybody's ever made, people are out there to create money. And, like... Yeah, sure, he made it on YouTube and out there, but, like, everybody on YouTube is trying to make money off YouTube, too. So yeah. why should, just because he was Jim on The Office, he should stop trying to get paid? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't see I don't see quite why everyone's so mad. I can see sort of the, the aesthetics not being great for mm-hmm. it. Like, to have this show that's all about yeah, some yeah. good news, and you have these fan contributions, and people sending off stuff in, and then, like, Viacom just buys it up, and you make shit ton of money. I'll I get put, it. Yeah. I, I, it's not... I'm not dense to the idea, but I think it's a lot of... I'll put it like this. Yeah. If John Krasinski was, like, my friend, like, if John Krasinski was, like, yeah. one of our boys and was, like, around somebody we hung out with, I would definitely break his balls about it. Yes. But I'm not, like, mad at him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, you right. tease him and you'd be like, oh, wow, John, like, really? You sold, like, to, and all that different stuff. You know, you can hmm. you know, with you. make fun of him about it. But, like, at the end of the day, what's he going to do? Because if the choice is to not have this cool idea for a cool show or, like, sell it to somebody who can make it, every show in the history of the world has been sold. Nobody, nobody goes to work for free. No, that's a great point. Uh, all right, so I think that's good. We'll take a break there. Oh, you know what? Before I do that, though, I want to do a quick shout-out. Uh, we had a message on Twitter from uh, somebody in my family who I can talk about because he's on Twitter, so I can promote him. So it's not your mother, Angela, not, not like to be referenced on the podcast doesn't like anymore. to be referenced on the podcast anymore. Okay. Uh, shout-out to this week's uh, Twitter follow for all you folks out there. At a Twitter at MikeTeesMD, M-I-K-E-T-E-E-S. MD, it's my cousin Mike. Mm. Uh, he sent us a message about, oh, let's call it yesterday, sometime today, earlier. Mm. Uh, he's out in uh, he's out in Colorado doing his thing right now, being mm-hmm. a cancer doctor, just saving right. saving people and being a great human being. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a little Memorial Day celebration, and lo and behold, they're making some salt potatoes, and they wanted to share that with mm. us here on the air. Uh, Shout out, bring it to Colorado. He the wanted world us. is ready for the salt potatoes. Yeah, so Mike said, do a piece on the power of the potato from the Adirondacks to the Rockies. And I said, 
yes, we're on it all day. Well, first of all, I'll tell you, Cousin Mike, um, you don't have to tell me about the power of the potato because I'm right there with you. <laughs> the power of the potato. You know, the reason that my family is alive today is the power of the potato. So I understand you there. Um, yeah, salt potatoes, I feel like, are... I mean, it's really just small potatoes and salt, but it's the quintessentially perfect summer barbecue side dish. It's one of the all-time best. I love it. I could eat a million salt potatoes, especially once they've been sitting in that butter for a good long time. You cut them in half, and they get that good. I would take... I'm trying to think if there's any potato I would take over the salt potatoes, like a side. Not counting... I mean, something like a loaded baked potato is like a different story. But like I would yeah. take, basically, what I'm saying I would take a thing of salt potatoes over mm. French fries, probably. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know I think I mean? that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for a sweet potato. I know that's a mm. controversial take. Kind of people, no, no, sweet potatoes are amazing. Yeah, but people get mad about that take. That's like a. Do you know why? It's because a lot of people ruin sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. I feel like you mm-hmm. see a lot of people. They make the sweet potato, but then they cover it in like marshmallow and like sugar and all this, like everything. It's like yeah. no, no, that's yeah. not. Oh, that out of here. You know what I mean? You don't need it. That ruins it and it makes it too sweet. But, like, the actual sweet potato itself is plenty sweet enough. Uh, all right. So, uh, again, follow my cousin Mike at Mike T's MD if you're looking for an actual real doctor. Great job. Great job bringing yeah. the salt potato out yeah. west. Uh, real, And here's a quick bonus. I can say this about him because he doesn't mind that we talk about him. My unlike co- your mother, Angela, who does not want to be referenced on the podcast. Uh, my cousin Mike was mentioned in, I forget what magazine it was, as one of the top 40 doctors under 40 in the country. Mm. So, shout out to cousin Mike. Oh, so, there you go. Brilliant Killing guy. It. Love cousin Mike. He's Killing the best. It. Love to see it. Uh, all right. So, we will go into this week's uh, interview with Heather uh, in just a moment. I want to share one mm. one last thing with you. Uh, for you folks who are out there, stuck at home, watching content, movies, videos, whatever, mm-hmm. find an interesting website for people who like to have a drink. It's called DrinkingGameZone.com. Mm. You watching a TV show? You watching a movie? You trying to get a drinking game to go along with it? This website already has you covered. It has all the drinking games to go with whatever movies and TV shows you're already watching. So mm. I thought it was pretty funny. That's a good share on the internet for all you folks out there this week if you're watching content not bad not bad uh all right heather coming up in just a minute uh we'll be back very soon I wasn't sure. <laughs> oh, I can see you and I can hear you. And we're actually already recording because I oh, had to set this up. So now, so we're technically, we started recording already. It's really nice to see you. You too. I'm so happy. I'm trying not to look at myself the whole time though. I know. I'm, I'm trying really hard to just. I'm trying to look at you. <laughs> I had to go, um, I had to go off campus for this uh, video because I don't have the technology at my house to do this okay. so i had to go to the the maiden utica headquarters up the road to do this so the room looks really nice <laughs> it looks really nice doesn't it that no one can see i thought about making this a video that people could put on like youtube but decided that maybe that's not the best idea <laughs> um but whatever we'll see i also don't have a timer so i have no idea 
how long, long? we're going. It's seven oh six is what I'm looking at right now. So okay. I'll check back in on the time whenever. But it's really nice to see you. You are out doing some Memorial Day stuff with your family, sort of doing the social distancing holiday. Yeah, we're at Zach's parents' house right now, and we still keep social distance with them as well because they're mm. older. So um, yeah, we're just here eating burgers and hanging. Is this, is this the first time you've seen them, or have you guys been doing sort no, of? No, we we see them distance, like you know, we'll bring and stuff, but um, we still like have to just make sure we're, you know, keeping with them. But it's been hard because we've been in quarantine legit since March thirteenth. Like I haven't even been to a grocery store or takeout or anything. Have you been doing just like the <laughs> like delivery stuff? Like they're bringing stuff to you? I go to Hannaford and get my do the Hannaford curbside, but I haven't even had food delivered. I've cooked every day since I've been here. Wow. <laughs> well, it's so funny that you say that because, you know, uh, I wish you were here earlier when Kevin and I were, were talking about this, especially now in this Memorial Day weekend. I'm seeing a ton of like social distance breaking. Like, yeah, for sure. It's like, annoying. Sorry. <laughs> Well, no, it's true because I'm sure you've been seeing it too. Like I woke up this morning and I'm, I'm looking at all like these news stories and it's like people like the beaches have huge day and it's like yo, like maybe don't go to the beach. <laughs> like I want, don't think, do you think I want to? I mean, I love this family, but do you think this is exactly where I want to be? Like on all this stuff, you know, like I want to hang out with friends, I want to do things, I want to go to the beach, I want to have fun, but at the same time, we have to do our job here. <laughs> well, I think it's, this is the first holiday that's like sort of far enough away. Yeah. From, from when it all happened. Like, you yeah. know, we, we had Easter, we had St. Patrick's Day, but neither of those felt like realistic things that were going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People are starting to brush up against that like level of, I, I can't stay inside anymore. And it's been yeah. so. No, and I get that, but it's still, for me, it's very frustrating to watch. We have to do this. You have to stop being selfish and just ride through this a little bit longer and deal with it. No, I'm with you. Uh, it has been 10 weeks, 10 episodes of the show, two and a half months since we've seen you uh, in person on the pod. I know. Uh, people have been asking for you. Uh, listeners of the show have been requesting that the show stop being such a sausage party and that we bring <laughs> The show. Uh, so I guess my first question for you is, how are you sort of personally holding up on your own? Are you doing okay? Are you... You know, it's funny because at first when I went into this, I was like, because I have anxiety and I'm very open about that. So this was something I feel like I waited my whole life for. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I went, this yeah. is like every, everything I've ever feared. I, I'm prepared for this. And I got really, like, I was already prepared way before it started. I, I was in it. And then probably about three weeks ago, it really started to hit me. Like it started to really affect me emotionally and um, my anxiety, everything. I mean, I don't want to sound depressing on here, but there are millions of people probably going through exactly what I'm going through right now. Oh yeah. And, and I think it's fair though that you, you know, how could you not feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> no, and, I know. And especially if you have it, it's like, I knew this was coming, but um, no, it's been, it's, I would like to say it's been fun. <laughs> it's not that fun. <laughs> and I also have written down here, uh, how are your two children holding up? Oh, geez, um, <laughs> my two kids. Great. <laughs> Zach's great. Actually, Zach's great. I, <laughs> I can see him in the background. He's sneaking around. He's waving at me when you're not he's looking. He's <laughs> a desk right now. He's making a desk. Um, 
Kaz, this is like a Christmas miracle for Kaz. We all know yeah. that Kaz is all about social distancing. So he could care less if he ever goes back to daycare or preschool ever again. So this has been sure. great for him. Um, and Zach's an introvert. So the two of them are just like in Disney. And I'm like, I need to get out of here and away from them. So <laughs> well, now that I'm now that I'm done with like school, that school finished up for me like uh, a week and a half ago. Now I'm starting to feel like the anxiety, at least when yeah. I had like work to do and I was like finishing up my like yeah. finals and stuff. At least then. I had like a job. I was like, okay, I got to get this paper due. I got to get it in and I got to put these through by whatever. Now that I'm like graduated and off doing whatever, now I'm, now I'm starting to get anxious because I'm like, well, shit, I don't have a job or like, I don't know if teachers are going to get hired yeah. anymore. <laughs> like, I don't even know what's happening with that. So now yeah. my anxiety is kind of leaning in a little. Oh. Yeah. And that was exactly like, especially when I lost my job and I got laid off, I was like, and it was permanently, I'm like, really? Like, this is happening, and now I have to figure out my whole life again, and what I'm going to be doing, and where I'm going to be working, and so it's all this you just gotta, unknown coming up, and, that, and that's, that's hard right now, really hard, so. Well, if it makes you feel any better, everyone on the podcast is unemployed right now. Between you, <laughs> me, and Kevin, nobody has a job. We're like the, the unemployed cast, um, and I haven't, and I, I've, I talked to Kevin a little bit about it last week. Um, I've not yet done the unemployment thing because I've been living on like student loans right okay. but I'm, I'm just now getting to a place where I have to do something about it right? so I don't know I'm I'm concerned about that just slightly now money's becoming a minor minor concern but yeah that's neither here nor there listeners don't want to hear that because uh, they're going through it so it makes them feel better <laughs> uh so are you guys doing any sort of like memorial day food over at your at your in-laws right now hamburger zach made homemade pizza on the grill it's good so that's <laughs> exciting Kaz loves that so yeah we're just doing some basic cookout food stuff like uh, that. i had a couple things for you that i wanted to ask you uh and then of course because uh because you're technically our interview this week I'll do some lightning round questions with you. Uh, this, is a Kevin, this is a Kevin question he has for you that he sent me. because he, he couldn't be here on the video. Oh, I miss him. <laughs> he says he misses you very much. Uh, he wants to know what your favorite book you've read during quarantine is. Not funny. I haven't read any books. <laughs> I haven't read any books, but I can tell you, like, movies. <laughs> uh, no, because he, he asked me that question knowing that that was going to be your answer. I, um, I meant to start a book. But at night, I just want to be on my phone. <laughs> uh, he wants to know if there's anything that you've sort of learned about yourself or done in this time since we've seen you. Like, have you learned any new, like, any skills or have you sort of, I don't know, that was his question. There's a bee around me. Um, so, <laughs> no, you know, the one thing I've learned about myself since I've been in this is the fact that how it, uh, like how annoyed I am with people lately. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> like I've learned that, like I've tried all these new trades. Like I had a business, I went into work yeah. in development for a nonprofit. And now I'm just realizing that I do want to venture off and try something new again. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what business. I know that I want to do something where I can talk to people about real things. I feel like now I just want to be more real with people about, mm -hmm. um, like women being so assertive. Why is it so bad that we're assertive about, I want to talk more about anxiety with people. Like this thing opened me up to being, I want to be more open about things. I want to be able to have people talk to people about it and, and share and start like a small community of 
talking about things like that, whether it's a blog or a video or whatever. I just, I really want to open up more about these type of issues and talk about them more. Is that? No, I think that's great. And you know, it, it's funny. I got, um, I got casually scolded by my mom a few weeks ago because mm -hmm. I told a story about her on the podcast that she didn't want yeah. me to tell. And it's something that I forget sometimes. It's not everybody is wired like myself where they're willing to just talk intimately about things in their life. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. in itself and, and finding a way to relate to the, the issues that people go through and talk about them in a frank way is a skill. And I'm sure there's lots of people who would love to, you know, to hear how you know, you're doing and how to get through those kind of things. And yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of value to that. So, and, and I want to keep going and talking you're off because I'm good at that. But um, I was putting posts up and doing videos and people were, have been messaging me throughout yeah. the people I don't even really talk to or like, thanks for opening up like that because, you know, I'm nervous and I didn't know that I was, I felt like I'm the only one going through this. And so it, if in all short, yeah, it's open, this experience has opened me up to be more forward, more, yeah. I want to talk more about things that people just don't talk about. That's good. That's good. Um, have you, uh, have you been doing any sort of as have you done any sort of like parenting fun stuff with Kaz? Has he been keeping himself busy, or have you been like doing any fun Gosh. mom and dad stuff? I do is ride bike every day. You going biking? Oh, hold on, say that one more time. You cut yeah. out. Yeah, we're cutting out on the end. Oh, I think we're back. Okay, you guys been hiking or biking? I couldn't hear. Uh, all of it. All of we're it. Still outdoors like crazy, uh, like as much as we can outside. Um, but the cool thing about it is, is a family is we do more of it. You know, like. Yeah, I've lost my job and I'm stuck at home, but I have the opportunity to spend time with my kid again. So yeah, Kaz is doing riding his bike all over Utica in parking lots, right down your street probably. <laughs> He's all over. So yeah, a lot of that. We still try to go up to camp and um, do hiking up there um, in places where there are not a lot of people because in the North Country they don't even know the coronavirus is happening. I think so. Well, you know, <laughs> and it, it's so weird. I. I told Kevin the story earlier this week. Uh, I, you know, because I'm a single man, I go on a lot of these like dating yeah. apps, you know, Hinge and Tinder and all that kind of thing. And I had been talking to this girl on one of these dating apps. We've been talking back and forth and I hadn't heard from her for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, she probably, you know, ghosted me or whatever. And I sort of, for whatever reason, I reached out, you know, like a week and a half later. I was like, hey, just wondering how you're doing. She sent me a message back that her, She'd sorry she hadn't messaged me. Her her parent had died, COVID, and oh, I was like, no. I, and I was like, either this is the most elaborate ghosting I've ever heard, or you're the first person I've talked to like who's had somebody actually impacted. Because I think for a lot of people we know, specifically like the the group of folks that we are around, maybe Utica people and our family and friends. I don't know anyone specifically right now who has been impacted yet. It hasn't hit in our personal circle yet, at least that I'm yeah, aware of. No, no, same. I don't really. Yeah. And I know. think once that happens, like once somebody I really know has it, like a outskirt family member or something, then I think you're going to start seeing when people have those things start happening. Mm -hmm. I think the narrative changes a lot. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's not, not that it's a problem, but yeah. a lot of people aren't connected to it at all. So they're like, well, we're not going to get it. We're not going to get sick. I, you can't feel something unless you see it. So. Or, I mean, I gotta be honest, like I wear the masks and stuff and I go oh, out in yeah. public and I still kind of don't feel like I'm going to get it, which I hate to say out loud, but I no, feel okay. like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm wearing the mask. I'm out and you know, I'm, I'm doing all the precautions. Yeah. 
I feel like I have a false sense of like, I'll be fine just because I'm wearing the mask. But even being out in public and like being close enough to certain people is probably more than I should be doing. I, f- I feel total opposite. When I'm out walking with my mask, I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm done. This is my last day. <laughs> like, I'm like, we, we go up to the Eagle and we're up there and there's everyone. No one has a mask on. Everyone's walking all over. I'm like, this is it. Like, How this is it? How does Zach feel about this whole thing? Is he oh my more gosh, op- worse? He's, he's worse. worse. He's yeah. less optimistic than you. Interesting. Yeah, he's like, I mean, he's got the house. We're like on lockdown. So uh, <laughs> like, I want takeout and he does not want takeout. Like there's just no chance it's going to happen yet. Kevin and I had this debate about fast food. I, I have eaten some fast food in the, in the interim. I don't know <laughs> if that's like considered okay. I don't know if it's like you should be eating fast food in this period. I don't know. It feels like it's okay, right? I don't know. <laughs> it just you touched it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I see you're getting attacked by bees out there. Um, how, uh, how do you think, um, I guess my question is, and there's no answer for this question. Like, we don't know how long it's going to be before we get to see each other in the room again or anything, mm-hmm. right? I feel like I, I want to be optimistic, but I'm already thinking, like, in September, I don't think we're going back to school. Like, I don't think the teachers are going no. back to school. I don't think the kids are. No. And I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely concerned that people are starting to undersell, like, what we're... What we're well, doing. I'm nervous because I feel like there's a lot of, um, what do you call it, a lot of, like, slow advertisements starting to come out where um, yeah. people are kind of promoting being outside a little bit more. You can see the commercials yeah. are starting to change. And... We were like all about hospitals. This is now slowly we're starting to like change things back to reality and and um, no, I don't foresee us. I don't foresee you going back to school in September. And no, I, I hope mean, we can get together, maybe outside social distance through the show. But well, we <laughs> have um, our two-year or sorry, our five-year anniversary is. Geez, I want to say it's like five weeks from now. Mm-hmm. I think is where we're at. So I'll definitely have to do, we'll have to figure something out to at least do another Zoom check-in. We could check go outside. In. Just go we outside. Could do it like outside. Like Maybe that. we just do a whole thing with like extension cords, like run the entire thing through <laughs> like really, really long extension cords. Uh, Heather, as you are um, the guest on the show this week, I, uh, I, will, I do have some lightning round questions here for you okay. if you're ready to answer them. I'm never uh, ready for these. Yeah. As long as it's not history, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you missed you missed all the history lessons. We did those already. Uh, right. right. Um, so I guess this question is timely. Like, uh, with the skills that you sort of have on your resume currently, what are you sort of looking for when you look to go back into the workforce? Like, what kind of job are you kind of interested in when you look in the future? I want to do something in the in something towards more storytelling than anything. I want to be able to convey someone's message to the community in an intimate way and in a relatable emotional way. Um, so it's, I don't think that job exists. So I think I have to create it. <laughs> I really do. I don't know. It's really weird. I'm like, I turned 39 and I, you know, you figured by 39, we'd have our shit do whatever together. <laughs> no, I just swear. It's but fine. No, you know no one cares in the, in the, I know, right? Oh, <laughs> our listeners. That's right. I forgot <laughs> to mention your birthday was this weekend. Was it not? Friday. So what did you guys do for your birthday? I can't believe I forgot to ask this. Uh, I hung out. Zach had to work, um, but Kaz and I hung out. We didn't really do like a whole lot. We just kind of hung out and stuff. <laughs> so this, this was 39? 39, yeah. How are you feeling about that? 
That's a whole. Other um, I cried the whole day, and I didn't think I would. I was like, "Whatever." I'm Thirty-nine. <laughs> I literally broke down the whole entire day. I'd call one of my friends in Zoom or something, or I do that um, Marco Polo thing. I love it. I'm obsessed yep. with it. Yep. And I'm like emotional on the group there, and I don't know why I'm crying the whole day. I cried all day long. You got couldn't Zach let me. I'm like, I can't watch Kaz. I'm crying in the kitchen, crying, making this, crying, sitting. I'm just crying all day. So no, I'm thirty-nine. Was not cool in quarantine. Because uh, I expect I was going to go out and just live my last three, you know. <laughs> well, you know? here's the thing, right? 39 is not too dissimilar from 29, mm -hmm. right? Because you're more concerned about 40 as a concept than 40 is actually being 40. Yeah. Right? Like, because here's the thing. When you get to next year at this time, and it's, you're going to feel like, the same you, you, yeah. it's not going to make a difference whether it's 39 or 40 yeah but we get in that mentality of like humans feel like we need to round numbers right something about like round numbers feels very poetic even though it's really arbitrary you know what yeah. i'm saying like yep. i put a lot more emphasis on 35 than i do on 34 like why it doesn't matter it's the same thing right but yep. but some people it really stresses them out and especially that last year they start thinking about it too much so my advice for you is not to worry too much about what next year is going to bring i should <laughs> have a job Okay. <laughs> I feel good. I've been, I've been working out every day, five days a week since mm. I've been quarantined. So I'm like, I feel good. I just, I'm, I'm just, everything crashed all at once, you know, yeah. the, like our whole world crashed and, and losing your job on top of it. And just all of that happening was just, it was a lot. And um, now I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going from here. But no, I hope I can, I want to do something where I'm, I'm making a difference for somebody else, not necessarily building my own business but in a way that i'm helping others i'm not sure what that would be but good that's a, that's a great answer i love it i love it no. very much uh all right who would you like to play you in the movie of your life um scarlett johansson i'm never mad about an answer <laughs> <laughs> oh i did have one last uh I, I did have one last uh covid question for you have you been giving haircuts to your kids yeah, uh, I did. I tried. It was really, really bad. It was, it was yeah. really bad. So finally, I talked to Zach, and Zach buzzed his hair. It looked yeah. adorable. But when I did it, it was just so bad. It looked just like my haircut that we would all get when we were kids. Like, just bad. I have, so. I have essentially been using, like, this. I've been using this buzzer. Like, I have, like, a one, like, the clip, the clipper with the different attachments yeah, on yep. it, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm like trying to do it, but I'm like too afraid to do it. Like, I don't really want to cut it. I'm just like, I just want to trim just a little tiny bit. And so essentially what I think I've done is I've been cutting random chunks out of my hair. So that's like a weird, like homeless cat person now. Like, so I, it's a really bad look. I'm wearing hats constantly. Can we see? You want to see it? You will, no one else can see it, but it's real bad. You can tell like one side's kind of short. But yep. then this side's a big mess over here. It's all terrible. Okay, as his hair was. And Zach was saying, like, I need to cut his hair. And I'm like, all This right. is the perfect time to give your son a mohawk. There's yeah. never been a better time to give your son a mohawk than right now. Oh, yeah. No, I know, right? I have to ask you something. Did you, did you watch my TikTok videos? I made four of them while I was in. Are you going to make me? Gonna, you, and, you know, you're on TikTok now. Uh, TikTok, TikTok. You're on, Are you 80? I am 80. You're on TikTok now. Uh, friend of the pod, Zach Wilson, and his wife is also on TikTok. Katie's on TikTok. Everyone's on it now. I'm like, I'm, res I'm resisting it, and I feel like I've made a mistake. No, I, I don't know. It was like healing for me at first. I mean, I did a dance one. I did a voiceover. I did two voiceover ones. 
and then I did one with my kid. So I, I covered everything. I um, for the family dance, I didn't do that. Um, and a split screen one, I didn't do that. But I was so proud of those four TikTok <laughs> videos. I haven't made any more again. I just I'm, watch them. I'm still trying uh, to come up with a YouTube channel that I can start. I have about three different ideas. I'm thinking, <laughs> I've noticed there's a real, there's a lot of like video game review channels and like movie review channels. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to do a classic board games. Why not? Like that's kind of, because I've, I've looked for like board game stuff on the internet and there's like a very mixed bag of like people who do stuff on it. I think I just want to talk about Clue for like 20 minutes or like, uh, or like Risk or something. I can't wait to see who your audience is going to be. They're going to hate it. Gonna, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, you don't like board games? You're anti-board games? I'm not into board games. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm fun at a whole different level, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I have to start. I'm going to keep you on for history lessons now. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let me see what else I have out here. Do I have any more questions for you? Uh, oh, have you watched? Oh, give me any uh, book, album, movie, or television show that you and your fam have been watching during this time. I just got done watching um, Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Never Have I Ever. Please watch that. I know you would like it. I think you would like it. Rotten Tomatoes right. gave it 95%. I'll have to write that down. So okay. that was good. Is there an, oh, I watch, you should be careful with this. I watched Catfish. Oh my Catfish. God. Catfish. Are you being really? catfished right now it's, by that girl? Do I you, could be. Have you done a video be. chat with her? I have not. You could be a Do a video a chat. That's legit there. Mm -hmm. And find her phone number. Yeah, watch Catfish. That's that's annoying one I've been watching. Uh, I can't stop watching it. Can I give you an annoying one to watch, actually, sure. if we're doing that one? All right. Kevin and Justin and I just finished it's on Hulu, season three of MasterChef. It was amazing. Oh, I didn't. I like that stuff. It's so good. Uh, it's it's excellent. You Zach should watch it. Within two episodes, you'll be hooked. You'll want to know who wins it. It's great. Okay. It's a really good one. I'll take that. Um, all right, and I guess uh, I think that's about it. Other than uh, other than just sort of telling you we miss you. First video, I'm like 22 minutes. 22 minutes, that's pretty, I mean, this is tough now. I gotta, I gotta convert <laughs> like this I over. I have so much more to say because I've been in quarantine. No, I don't. Well, what else she got for me? No, please. I don't really know if I have anything else. I wish I had something cool that was happening to Well, me. listen, um, save it because we'll, I want to bring you back on again before we get to 500 anyway. So I'm, I'm really glad we got this to work out. Yeah, thank you. I miss you. Well, I've been real gun shy about like the video stuff. Like it's been, oh, I'm I just, it. and I, we even talked about it in the show. This is great. But it's yeah. not the, it's not the same as like when you and me and Kevin are all in a room together and it makes me sad. Uh, yeah, but, like I can pick like Kevin and I pick on you when you're not looking. Yes, when you guys are teasing no. me and <laughs> or, you think I don't see it. Or yeah. Kevin and I like get mad at each other and then you know. He misses you almost more than I do. I think almost. Uh, well, listen, I'm very I'm happy you, that you're safe. You just froze up. Did I freeze? Oh, that's all right. We're here at the end. I just want to thank you for doing this. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell Zach and Kaz, I appreciate you giving us some time while you're out here and tell your in-laws thank you. And uh, we'll talk soon after this and I'll get you back on in a few weeks, okay? Awesome. All right, I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.
back to the show. Thank you once again to Heather. We love you. You're the best. I look forward to one day sitting in a room with you again doing this and not having to do it digitally over the internet, which I don't love. Which is really the reason we haven't done it before. I just don't like doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 a pain. It's kind of tough. It's just, it's. I feel like with something like this, where like all we really kind of do is like party and bullshit and like talk and chat. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is about being right there yeah. with the person. Yep. And I notice it even in uh, like podcasts that I listen to because you know me, I love an interview podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, any kind of podcast where it's an interview and just like a guest talking to somebody who's a good host is I'm a sucker for it. Even podcasts I really like with guests that I've been, I would be stoked to hear on the show otherwise, come off as a little weird and a little stilted. And a lot of these, the people who are like pros have gotten a lot better at it, but like it's still, it's just strange. It's not the same. You don't get that same vibe as a face-to-face conversation. Oh yeah, I mean, Bill Simmons had The Undertaker on earlier last yes. week, one I was really excited for. And again, it's done, he's doing the best he can. They're both yeah, yeah. pretty good, but it's It was not good. The it was same. a great listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I noticed he, actually it was his same podcast when he had the guys from Pearl Jam on. Yep. Because he had both Eddie and Jeff from Pearl Jam. They were both in different locations, separate from him. And one of them was like via phone. The other one was Skype. And then Simmons was live. And it was cool to listen to. And I was glad for the interview. But you just couldn't get proper conversational yeah. rhythm going. Or like a lot of, wait, what? Or, oh, uh, uh, oh, no, you go ahead. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Well, to an even different level, there's two guys who were on uh, Rogan the last two weeks who I really like. One is Pat mm-hmm. Oswald. Mm-hmm. And one is political activist, uh, political commentator David Pakman. Who both mm, have, your boy. I like Pakman. Yeah, yeah. And, two, and one of the reasons I like, and there's two different reasons why. The, Pat and Oswald one frustrated me because I like when comedians are in a room together. Yes. Like, talking about stand-up. I was really excited for that. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, mm. like, over the phone. It seems like an hour long as opposed to, like, two and a half hours. You mean? Yeah, yeah, And then Pac-Man, I like to see Rogan squirm when he has to get faced with liberal agenda sometimes. Makes me, <laughs> I like to see how he reacts in real time. Oh, when somebody calm who can back up the yeah. facts with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so I'm always disappointed when I can't see that. To call it that. the liberal agenda is buying into his game. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Because he's already got you. He's got me, bro. Oh, no. So liberal. Uh, all right. No, no, not him. I'm at Rogan's game. Oh, no. uh, all right. Let's do some history lessons, which Heather uh, sadly didn't get to be here for. Uh, mm. She can listen to them now, though. Uh, on this day, 1897, Bram Stoker's classic Dracula novel goes on sale uh, in London. Uh, Stoker grew up, uh, grew up as a soccer star at Trinity College in Dublin. After graduation, he got a job as the, in the civil service at Dublin Castle, where he worked for the next 10 years while writing drama reviews. Uh, over the years, Stoker began writing a number of horror stories from magazines, and in 1890, he published his first novel, The Snake's Pass. He produced 17 novels in all, but it was his 1897 novel, Dracula, that eventually earned him literary fame and became known as the masterpiece of Victorian-era Gothic literature. Uh, Dracula's story of a vampire makes his way from Transylvania, Yorkshire, England, and preys on the innocents there to get the blood he desperately craves. Mm. I had to leave that. <laughs> he so desperately craves the blood. So he's mad desperate for the blood. <laughs> he's so desperate for blood. Uh, Dracula's original name was Count Vampire, Vamp with a W. Mm. Vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the name Dracula was found in a book that was written by a retired diplomat named William Wilkinson. Uh, Stoker borrowed the book from the Yorkshire Public Library during family vacation, and that's where the name Dracula was originally found. Uh, vampires were obviously already a fa- uh, figure in folklore from ancient times, but this was the first novel to catapult them into 20th century literature. Uh, really, the thing that most people associate with it is Bela Lugosi's 1931 Universal film directed by Todd Browning. Uh, but again, vampires exist in culture in a incredibly mainstream way. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. What's your favorite piece of vampire uh, 
I guess any sort of IP, like any sort vampire of vampire stories. Stories. I mean, you obviously, know. we were just talking about Stephen King. Salem's Lot comes Salem's to mind. Salem's Lot. Um, the, I mean, Dracula. Dracula, Dracula itself. The uh, you ever watched the Lost Boys? When you were uh, a kid. I. You know what's funny? I've actually never seen Lost Boys. Lost Boys. I missed it so many times when mm-hmm. I was a kid, and it was always I was always very conscious of it as a movie it. that I just never caught. Yeah. And that was one of the things too. I think maybe just a couple years younger it would have been, but I knew a lot yeah. of kids that saw it. Um. But I think for me, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula comes to mind, the one with Keanu Reeves yeah. and Gary Oldman, because yeah, yeah, I really yeah. liked that movie. I enjoyed seeing that one. Well, why not? Um, <laughs> the imagery of the original Nosferatu movie in black and white, like with him being bald mm. and those claws, those yep. famous shots of him like showing up were really... That's a great one. Yeah. And, and that one is funny, because that one's so old that even as a kid, I only knew it from the images of that. Like, I yeah, didn't yeah. even know the movie, but I yeah, was yeah. aware of the shadow on the wall. And, Big time. Uh, I didn't watch it yeah. until I was probably, like, 19 or 20. You know what I mean? Years. And then, yeah, I, I've watched it that one time, I think, and that was Is it, it like, wildly short? Is it, like, like 40? Yeah, it's not long. Not even long, right? I don't remember. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not long. Uh, I've sat through the 1931 Dracula. It's fine. You know, Nosferatu is good for putting it on a projector behind your horror punk band on Halloween. Yes. At a at, show. At a bar. That's what that's good for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you're playing like some sort of, some sort of like doom set out of some warehouse or some club or something like that, you've got like Nosferatu um, on the back. That's what that's good for. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to make a vampire movie that's either A, not about Dracula, or B, not about like teenage vampires. Like, Well, yeah, because the... It, vampires are tough because vampires have that um, there's the level of you know even though a lot of mythical like folkloric monsters like that have a sexualized component to them yes. vampires are extra sexualized and yeah. romanticized and they have that whole aspect because like Interview with the Vampire is a good movie and Anne Rice has got a lot of cool vampire mm. books but even those you know it gets into a lot of this romantic yearning for vampires and then you see that come into fruition and stuff like Twilight uh, stuff like True Blood is another one you know what I mean where like vampires fit I think it's because they're so close to human. You know... As compared to, yeah. like, the, the when the Wolfman is the Wolfman, he's the Wolfman. I was going to say, if you have to get one of the, the Universal Monsters powers, you want Vampire, right? You don't want oh, Frankenstein okay. or All Mummy day. or Wolfman or that All shit. Day. Or yeah. Gilman. I, I like the Gilman, but no. Uh, so I, I, what do you mean Gilman? What does that just mean? You have to stay underwater? Oh, yeah, like, is that what it means? Uh, That's your power is that you have to stay in the water? I'm, I'm never going to remember this, and I'm going to have to look it up after the show's over. I'm going to be super annoyed and... It's going to piss me off, but there was a vampire movie, and it's not very good, but the idea was really interesting. And it was this guy who believed he was a vampire and would kill people with, like, a razor blade and, like, drink their blood. Mm. But you weren't really sure if he was a vampire or if he was just a crazy guy who was a serial killer. That was a real story. That was something that happened, like, out and about. There were people who were, like... Yeah. Thinking they were vampires. And it was really, and I can't remember the name of the movie. It's going to piss me off because mm. I remember it was one of those movies you would see as a kid walking through like Video to Roll mm. or Blockbuster Video if that's some more uh, mm-hmm. mainstream reference. Uh, and you'd see it like in the racks of horror movies like this movie. And I was like, oh, what's this movie? And, then, mm. you know, and it's just one of those things. I'm going to be so annoyed that I can't remember it. But like, I'd like to see a little more creative take on vampires. You yes, know what I'm saying? Definitely. Like, I guess that's kind of what the moral of that take was there. Something definitely, a little more interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's a. Uh... There's, I mean, there's definitely, you know, some movies and some things that do that, but I feel like they just, they just don't get the press the same way. What's the one where uh, Josh Hartnett is in Alaska? Uh, 30 Days of Night? Yeah, that's an interesting idea, too, because yeah, yeah. it's night all the time. That's kind of, mm-hmm. see, something different. Subvert the genre. That's a cool movie. Subvert the genre. That's a pretty cool movie. Uh, all right, on this day, 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge opens, connecting San Francisco with Marin County, California. 
Uh, named for a narrow strait that marks the entrance to the San Francisco Bay, the Golden Gate Bridge was constructed from January thir uh, 1933 to May of 1937. At the time, it was the longest suspension bridge at the uh, uh, in the world. So this is my favorite part of this whole story. From the beginning, the bridge's location posed challenges to its, constru to its construction, not least because of its proximity to the San Andreas Fault, uh, but also to the tumultuous waters of the strait that provide grave danger to underwater construction uh, for people who are trying to build the bridge. There was this one guy, and I accidentally deleted his name, which he's the contractor, the main guy behind the, the Golden Gate Bridge. On the day the bridge was built, he essentially stood out in front of people and just, like, shit on everyone. <laughs> it was just like, you all said that I couldn't do it, that this bridge was a mess. That's and amazing. that no one should build it. Shout out to that guy. What is it? I'm trying to see it. The bridge which could not and should not be built, which the War Department would not permit, which the Rocky Foundations of the Pier Base would not support, would have no traffic to justify it, which would ruin the beauty of the Golden Gate. Uh, it stands in front of you completed... Uh, in complete reparation of any attack made upon it. It's like, man, you got to really have some balls. <laughs> My guy. And he's become, what is it? I mean, that's a top, top American landmark now. Well, I was actually going to say it's almost kind of underrated. Like, you don't get the Golden Gate Bridge shoved down your throat the way that oh, you get I think, a lot of... I think that might be our East Coast bias showing right there, though. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? I think if you, I think if we lived in, like, Oregon, we would have a different opinion about that. <laughs> that's true. To the point. So check this out. Again, folks. 1937, so you gotta... People were really bored. Mm -hmm. But at 6 a.m. on May 27, 1937, 18,000 people lined up on both sides of the bridge. Uh, in all, some 200,000 gathered to show their support. At the appointed hour, a foghorn blew and the toll gates opened, releasing the arrivals who rushed to be the first to cross the bridge. 200,000 people showed up to cross a bridge. They're like, hey, check it out! Can guys. you imagine you? Can you imagine you're the guy who built this bridge and you're standing out there and you're just you're thinking you're just getting nervous. You're like, it's a lot of people. There's a lot, a lot of, of people, people going on in this bridge. <laughs> I mean, I just built this thing and it was rated uh, for regular traffic, but not two hundred thousand people at once. I don't know. Many schools, offices, and st and stores were closed, and the day was designated Pedestrian Day. What? <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. I'm into that. <laughs> uh. At the end of the day, more than 32,000 vehicles had paid tolls and crossed. According to the official website of the Golden Gate Bridge, nearly 2 billion vehicles have crossed the bridge in both mm. the north and southbound directions in the 70-plus years of its operation. There's an alternate universe where everybody remembered the great Golden Gate Bridge disaster, and they never ended yeah. up building that bridge. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah, like, yeah, it collapses sure. that day or something. Well, it's wow. all the, you think about like all the people. I always go back to, like what's his name, uh, Clinton, the guy who built the Erie Canal. Clinton, DeWitt Clinton, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, everyone told him a crazy person, right? Mm -hmm. Once in a while, you got to have a crazy person who pushes through something. 100%. Like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not always. Doesn't always work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but once in a while. Uh, oh, right. we know it. <laughs> all right, moving on. On this day, 1957, mm. baseball allows the Dodgers and Giants to move from New York to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, National League owners vote unanimously in favor of the move. Uh, respectively, the midseason, uh, the Giants hosted a farewell party game on September 29th. Dodgers formally announced their move on October 8th. West Coast fans were overjoyed. The people of New York City were heartbroken. Uh, the Dodgers, at this point in time, were a very impressive team. They'd won five pennants and one world championship. The team was profitable and regularly packed all 32,000 seats at Ebbets Field in New York. Uh, there's also they were also splitting a massive radio and television pie with their rival Giants and the heated Yankees, who had beaten them in the World Series seven times in six tries. You hate to see it. 
However, uh, their owner, Walter O'Malley, still wanted to move to the Team West because the city of Los Angeles had agreed to build them a new stadium, and Brooklyn said, nah. Man, I mean, mad foresight on his part. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. Mm. A lot of foresight go out west. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Giants were not as good, though, by the way. At this point in time, they were sort of falling apart. They couldn't Sure, but, like, just, I mean, just fans. the notion, like, similar to these guys we were talking about 20 years before them building the bridge, being like, there's not going to be enough traffic in San Francisco to justify a bridge. Well, same thing, these guys, like, oh, you're going to go to Los Angeles with a baseball team? Good luck. So the owner thought the relocation to San Francisco would revitalize the team, but they continued to suffer with inconsistent play and attendance even after the move. However, on the final day at the polo grounds, after fans stormed the field in protest of them leaving, uh, former baseball writer and Giants P, uh, PR man Gary Shoemaker chided, if all the people who will claim in the future that they were here today had actually turned out, we wouldn't be moving this team to the West Coast in the first place. 100%. And I was like, boom. 100%. Let me ask you this question. A little sliding doors moment here for you. Hit me. In a different scenario. Yes. Where New York has four baseball teams mm. for our entire lives, the Yankees, mm. the Mets, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and the New York Giants, any chance you could have been swayed at a different time to have rooted for a different one of these teams? I mean, certainly, yeah. I'm, I, sh- I'm sure, of course, yeah. I feel like the of idea of the Brooklyn Dodgers would have been really cool in like in the mid 2000s, <laughs> like being a Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, fan. but you would pick your team already. Yeah, I guess you're not thinking. Like, that's always the thing. Like we think back, like you're not a child. That was before you started picking things because you thought they were cool to pick. You just picked them because you were yeah. it's what you liked and you were a kid. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I like, I think that Brooklyn Dodgers has a scrappiness to it that I feel like I could, I could enjoy. I could get behind. Not as a kid, though. No, I guess you're right. Yeah. As an adult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, retroactively, you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely would have picked <laughs> the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dodgers. Dodgers. <laughs> Here's my thing, man. Like, if Derek Jeter was still a rookie in 1996 yeah. and, and the Yankees still win that World Series like that, because that's what did it. Yeah, you know, it was that '96 World Series, but really before that, I was a Griffey fan, a Mariners fan. That's true. I'd call myself a Mariners fan, but I was a Griffey fan. I had a lot of Mets paraphernalia when I was a kid. I don't know why. I didn't know it's anything around. about it, it's but around. like, you know, I, I guess yeah, as yeah. a little kid before my dad sort of made it clear that he was a Yankee fan, and thus yeah, I was also a Yankee fan. I, I guess I vaguely liked the Mets. I yeah. suppose I still sort of vaguely liked the Mets. Not yeah, a lot, just vaguely, <laughs> just enough, mm-hmm. just enough to appease Aaron Higgins. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm gonna be careful with those Mets. We don't want any hate mail coming in. I'm sure I'll get some already. <laughs> Uh, on this day, 1975, the grizzly bear becomes classified as a threatened species. Uh, it was given federal protection uh, under the Endangered Species Act. Before Anglo-Americans began invading their territory, grizzly bears inhabited most of the country west of the Mississippi from Mexico north to the Arctic Circle. Its only serious competitors for food were Native Americans who considered it a sacred animal, although they did <clears throat> hunt the bear as a test of strength. And its extra-long claws were prized symbols of saddest. Dear Lord, can you imagine, like, a, your... I don't know what the Native American version of, like, a quinceanera is, but, like, whatever your, like, uh, your adulthood ceremony here, Native American bot mitzvah, they're like, okay, you're a man now. Mm-hmm. You have to go out in the woods and kill a grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm 13. They're like, oh. you're <laughs> goddamn right you are. <laughs> you're goddamn right you are. <laughs> Uh, because of the grizzly bear's fearsome size and aggressive nature, uh, most early European explorers uh, documented their Died. encounters. <laughs> yeah, documented their encounters with the animal. Uh, Lewis and Clark encountered that many bears and were awed by their impressive speed and power as they I killed bet. many of their crew. I bet. Can you imagine poor Lewis and Meriwether out there? Yeah, it's it's got to be because I think about it like if it's like watching a monster movie, right? If we were out in the woods and we saw even an animal that we didn't know existed. 
that was like a real documented well, animal. Well, like a gassed up version of an animal we already know about. Yeah. Like, like what if you went out, what if, what if we went out into the woods, we discovered the new world, you and me, right? Yeah. And so we're leading the charge in this undiscovered territory with our wagon team, <laughs> and we see a squirrel. But the squirrel is the size of, like, a, mm. a big wolf. It's a problem. And you're just it's like, a wait problem. a minute. I didn't know. So, like, these people are over in Europe. They've got these dumb yeah. little sun bears mm-hmm. and, like, stupid stuff like that mm-hmm. that people, like, have in, you know, traveling oh, yeah. little circuses or whatever. They've heard of bears. They know about them. You come over here and you just, I mean, a grizzly. Like, you see just an apex bear. And, like, probably grizzlies were probably huge back then, too. Well, this is probably what leads to a lot of what's going on here. You're talking about hunting, general destruction of the habitat. People are scared of them, certainly, anyway, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about uh, California, which is once home of 10,000 grizzlies and placed the animal on its flag, no longer has any grizzly bears by 1924. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arizona, New Mexico, Oregon, Utah, Dakotas, probably Colorado and Washington, outside of Alaska, all of these bear populations are pretty much decimated. Yeah, yeah. Um, Congress designates grizzlies to threatened species on this day in 1975. Uh, however, there are still probably fewer than 1,000 grizzly bears in the lower 48 states today. Nearly half of them are in Glacier or Yellowstone National mm, Park. Makes sense. Uh, and also, recent plans to introduce the species into areas in Idaho and Washington have been met with controversy because people are scared of grizzly bears. Because <laughs> people are scared of giant bears. <laughs> Like I, I am one of the I'm one of the staunchest supporters of of uh, preserving yeah. our biodiversity of our animal species, yes. and I, I weep what we've done to the habitat and the loss of all these animals already, and all of that stuff. But I totally understand the controversy at a city council level yeah. in whatever township this woods fall under. Nice. Where they're like, yeah, so uh, turns out the uh, fucking liberals in Washington have decided that in order to combat global warming, we're going to be re-releasing grizzly bears into uh, like Proctor Park. Like that's oh, no. what they're talking no. about. No, well, thank you. Oh man, yeah, I could definitely see. Could you imagine having to go make that pitch to the people? Obviously. No, no. Listen, we've got to save the bears. Uh, and we'll just blast by this one real quick. On this day, 1977, uh, Star Wars opens in theaters on Memorial Day weekend. We bag on Star Wars a lot on the show. You want to say something nice about Star Wars? We just had to sleep. <laughs> it is nice music. No, uh, hell, hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, for Star Wars. Hell of a hell of a little world. They, hell of a world they built themselves. Uh, I'm really only using this as a peg to talk about uh, Memorial Day as a movie release weekend. I have a quick thing I wanted to share with you. Mm. Uh, so, uh, Star Wars was one of the first big giant Memorial Day opening weekends, but that's sort of become a tradition over the years of having these big giant Memorial Day movies. Jaws, obviously. Uh, here are the top ten Memorial Day movie releases as of this year. Mm, do it to me. All right, number ten. The Day After Tomorrow, which opened to 85. You ever seen that? Uh, bits and pieces of it. You should watch it. It's like, when we get done here, we should watch it. We should watch it. I love a disaster movie, though. You know me. Any kind of world disaster movie. I, I feel know. like I walked in a, in a hotel room once, and someone was watching. I was like, what the hell is this movie? They're like, oh, and we're like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing uh, in my hotel room? No. Uh, number nine, The Lost World Jurassic Park, which I went to mm. go see. I was very hyped yeah, I went for that to go movie. see that as well, and yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's not And great. I tried to read the book when I was younger, and I didn't like it. It's and then great. I reread the book when I was older, and I liked it quite a bit. Don't I rewatched the movie as I got older, still didn't like it. I bet. It's not great. Uh, on this day... Oh, sorry. On this day. Number eight. Solo, a Star Wars story, which is the most recent thing on here. It's in 2018. This, uh, the Han Solo Star Wars prequel. Story. Yeah. Uh, number seven, The Hangover Part Two. 
Uh, which is weird to me, I guess. No, that was, that was huge when it was coming out, though. Yeah. Is that weird, do you think? I just didn't know that that, I guess... That the, you, didn't know, I, you probably just didn't know they released it on Memorial Day. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was like a Memorial Day. I always think of like big action movies, not like sure. a big comedy. Uh, number six, X-Men Days of Future Past. Went to see it, did not like it. Not a good movie. Was that not the one that was good? It's okay. It's okay. I remember watching this with people who are big X-Men fans, and they really brought me down in the theater about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't find it to be unwatchable. Mm. It's not as bad as X-Men Apocalypse, but it's not great. It's got sure. some holes. Uh, number five is the Aladdin. Uh, actually, this is the most recent one, the new Aladdin. Mm. Uh, number four, Fast and Furious 6. Mm. Number three, X-Men The Last Stand. A lot of X-Men movies on this list. If they try and yeah. keep trying. Uh, number two, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I actually remember this being a big deal. When mm. it came out, people were really mm. hyped. Do you remember going to see this? Yep, Midnight Showing. Midnight Showing at the Uptown. Yep. We went to the Uptown to see this. Yep. When, back when the Uptown was like Uptown just movie theater. They gave us wings. Cool. And, yeah, before, before it was cool. Before the Uptown was cool. Uh, and they gave us wings, and they were not good, and the movie was not good. Oh my good. god, they did give us wings. wings. What the fuck did they give us chicken wings at the Uptown like for... A... For Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was a whole deal. Was it? Yeah, it was a whole thing. Doing like a, uh. Yeah, like food and food and a movie. And then number one, the most successful Memorial Day release of all time, May 25th, 2007, Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End. Oh, nice. I guess this is, is this the second one at World's End? The third one? At World's End is either the third or the seventh. Hmm. 2007 might be the third. Yeah, it's the third, Uh, I think. We went really long on those history lessons. I didn't get to any of the other stuff I wanted to do this week. That's that's. Wild. What else you got? Is there any good stuff? Did uh, we miss anything fun? You want a lightning yeah, just, round? It you want to call it the lightning round? Yeah. And just talk for fifteen yeah. more minutes. I'll blast through the lightning round real quick. Uh, here's my favorite uh, business that's going to close because of the coronavirus. That I don't understand why it's getting an article for it. Uh, self serve salad bars and all you can eat buffets. Are you crying any tears for the self-serve salad bars and all-you-can-eat buffets out there in the world? I'm going to a lot of all-you-can-eat buffets. Let me tell you what, when I'm there, I'm not there to eat salad, my friend. No, sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, this story from Unilad. Three Bolivian brothers are hospitalized after letting a black widow spider bite them, thinking they would become Spider-Man. Were they in the castle in Germany trying to fight off the wolves? <laughs> no, these Bolivian <laughs> kids are having a rough go this week. Jeez Louise. Uh, poor Bolivian. That's wild, though. You think about, like, some kids out in Bolivia seeing Spider-Man, like, not really having as much cultural context as, like, you know, a, a Western, more Westernized child might or something. Yeah. No, and just letting a spider. Because think about how much dumb stuff you did when you were, like, eight or nine because you saw it in a movie. Do we have to put, like, a, a preamble before, like, movies like, please don't let the radioactive spiders bite your kids in real life? Like, is that where we're at now? Are we, like, at a place No, where... no, because they don't have the insane lawsuit culture that we have. That's true. There. Those, those people just, like, be like, our kids are idiots. We don't know. Uh, this is a wild story for all you soccer fans out there. So, me. Uh, a Korean soccer league uh, was fined... $81,000 after filling their stands with sex dolls. That's right. They didn't want the stands to appear empty when they went back to play the games. So they filled the stands with sex dolls. Uh, they claim that they were unaware that the dolls were sex dolls and they put them in there. I'll tell you right now, I've looked at the picture. They're very clearly sex dolls. It's not, <laughs> it is not some mystery what they are. It's I've very... Got, i got a couple questions. <laughs> um... <laughs> None of which are about how you know so much about sex dolls, so breathe easy. Fine. Good. Uh, I love it. No. So here's... Did, did they put clothes on the dolls? Yes. I'll allow it. I see no problem. <laughs> I, don't, I, understand, I understand that, like, you've probably got, like, that gaping, like, mouth and the uncanny valley thing to, like, deal with with, like, all these weird... 
it's got to be could you imagine being a player you come out and there's some 40,000 faceless like mannequin I mean they may call it mannequin sex doll whatever you want that's still creepy my question is you said they find them $81,000 yeah it's interesting to me they had to add that extra $1,000 yeah, that's just eighty. We're not stopping yeah. at eighty. I would almost rather you find me a hundred thousand than eighty-one. 000. To be fair, it's eighty-one thousand dollars, which is a hundred million. Oh, that's uh, because they, they didn't get sued. Whatever your thing is. Right? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. Fair so enough. there you go. I and, wasn't thinking about that because I was like eighty-one. That's a random amount. And then, uh, last but not least, just a quick check-in on something we talked about before. We had talked briefly uh, about it. Alaska School Board uh, banning The Great Gatsby and Catch-22. Mm. Uh, following protests, however, the school board has lifted their ban on both yeah, yeah. Gatsby and Catch-22. Because the power rests with the people. And once they organize <laughs> and wield that power... We must give the power back to the people. Precisely. Oh, my God. They, I, like I'm saying, we're, we've watched Dark Knight so many times during quarantine. Bane clips. Actually, just watching Bane, Bane clips, clips on YouTube. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, one, we'll do one quick um, bit some other blogs before we go out of here, and then I got to go uh, make sure everything's all set. All right, uh, give me one thing that you used to hate but have since come around on in your more mature age. Oh, man, I feel like there's uh, there's tons of stuff. I feel like there's tons of stuff that I've got to I've got to think of just one. Um, I will say there's a lot of food things. I was gonna say mayonnaise. I yeah. Have been, oh yeah. I've yeah, been on fair. the big anti mayonnaise kick for many years, mm-hmm. and ever since I've started making the grilled cheese sandwiches with them, I've really found a second life mm-hmm. for mayonnaise as an item. I'm not, I'm not dipping any French fries in it or being a weirdo and eating with a spoon like some of you maniacs out there in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, but yeah, I've come around to be a little more open to it. No, I mean, there's there's definitely things that I didn't like when I was younger. I thought I wasn't interested in when I was yeah. younger that I've gotten older and found out that I am interested in, or like stuff that you know you like or grow into. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a good, like, concise example for the show. But since I know what will happen is as soon as we get done, I'll yeah. think of exactly what I'm thinking of. Uh, I feel like certain, like, eggs, kind of. When I was a kid, I had no mm-hmm. interest in eggs. Not, not that I'm older now, mm-hmm. but, like... I was probably 24, 25, later so I was era. really checking for eggs at all. Later era thing for me is eggs. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Once I learned that I could cook eggs, mm-hmm. then it would, then it sort of mellowed me out on them. So I was like, I could make scrambled eggs, and then I once I could at, make scrambled eggs, I could yeah, make fried yeah. eggs. You know, you had, well, I think I also I look at stuff like uh, both scotch and black coffee. Yeah. Scotch yeah. and black coffee. I both When I tried them when I was young, I was like, this is horrible. Now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, these are nice. Well, I think... That acquired taste. To come back to the egg thing real quick, I don't think you like a runny egg. Seems to be the difference no, between you and me. No, I'm not into a runny egg. I've, I've, I've got no use egg. for an over-easy. Yeah. It's yeah. an undercooked egg. All you right. know what I mean? It's not finished. That's uh, my biggest problem with the over-easy. All right, well, I'll save the rest of the stuff for next week. I can't believe we got this. There's like sunny side up? My it's God. A, a soft-boiled egg in, a, in little, little cones. Uh, it's not even done. It's, it's not finished. <laughs> thanks to Heather. Follow Heather at HeatherWaz1. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom. Follow my cousin at Mike Tease MD. Thanks for shouting us out with salt potatoes. Uh, or just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitch Podcast, taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, we uh, tape machines are rolling. We are desperately, desperately out of time. We will see you next week for another episode of the Uticast. Five more to your five. My tape machine's on, but I can't help it.